wherever you are right now is not where you have to be. I was worried about what other people would think. But I know there's something to be said here. That's who I am. I can't change that about myself. People see that. I know there's a story to tell. And I felt so ashamed. I was so fearful of what other people thought. I can't live like this anymore. Yeah, you guys were right. This was a bad idea. So let's dive in. The imperfection in me. No filters, no apologies, the real deal. So one of the really beautiful gifts of being an entrepreneur and a life coach and a business strategist is that you have the opportunity to meet some pretty fucking amazing people. You know, my whole life I felt like I really struggled to find my tribe or people to accept me and embrace me for who I was. And now here I am in this leadership role having such an opportunity to meet incredibly badass women who are just rising above and really creating massive change, not only for themselves, but for their clients. The other day, uh, aka a couple of months ago, I stumbled upon this beautiful woman named Nicole Sylvester. And I didn't know who she was, but for some reason, we'd shared mutual friends and we had both been to a couple of different seminars. And our worlds were colliding without us actually colliding. And something inside of my soul told me I needed to get this girl on a podcast. I needed to learn more about who she was and share her story with all of you. Nicole Sylvester is not just a life coach. She's an awakening mentor. And her job really is to help people step into their strengths, overcome their fears, really hold power in who they are to create the lives that they truly, truly deserve. And so in this podcast episode, you're going to have the liberty, the beautiful liberty and honor of listening to Nicole share her story. And what's really incredible about her is that she's not just talking the talk. So many people out there can sit in front of a camera, talk about what you should do all day long, blah, blah, blah. This girl has been through some serious shit. She has struggled. She has hit rock bottom. And now she's here sharing her story. And it's such an honor to share it with all of you. Hi. Hey. What's up? Rushing around. I just got home. But I'm glad. I was like, glad you were late because I was like, okay, I have five minutes. We got to get this going. And then I went to text you and then you were like, I'm late too. So Can I just tell you, that's like the greatest thing about entrepreneurs interviewing entrepreneurs because you always yeah. know like, Shit is like always busy, always jam packed. Totally get it. Serious. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like you can you can just be a little bit late or whatever. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so I have to tell you, the first time I ever found you, Nicole, you had for people who start listening to this podcast, like mm-hmm. they're not gonna know, but you have these pictures on the back of your wall that I think oh. I've seen at Target so many times, and I'm like, shit, I gotta buy that. And then I saw oh. you, and I'm like this girl's my spirit animal because she uh, yeah. has, she has no, I love those photos <laughs> I'm like could, they should just make a whole other series of them because I feel I like know. I need more because they're small on my wall <laughs> totally totally I'm yeah. so honored to be interviewing you I feel like you. We're, we're just gonna let this casually go we're gonna talk about whatever do you have anything that's like off limits that we should not discuss no I mean no I'm not going into very like details about some of the stuff that's in my book so um, I mean, I guess, it, I guess there are no things that are, you wouldn't know a lot of that stuff that I'm talking about. Obviously, so, I haven't yeah. read it. So yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm thinking of people that know me a little bit better might know some of the stuff and ask me that, but yeah, nothing's really off limits. I'm pretty open about stuff. So, so cool. 
Well, first of all, I just want to tell you, like I said, I'm so happy and so excited for you to be joining us on the Imperfection in Me podcast. Yeah. And um, it's such an honor to be here. So for people who are just jumping on with us, Nicole, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? This is Nicole Sylvester. She's an amazing, I'm saying that right, right? Sylvester? Yeah, Sylvester. Yep. Amazing woman with just this beautiful power and radiance in the online platform. And uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself for the audience that doesn't know. Yeah. Sure. So my name is Nicole Sylvester. I'm an awakening mentor. And people say, well, what the hell does that mean? It's basically, I am the person that's there to guide women and re help them reclaim their courage while they step up to their truth. Because really that's what it's about. It's about having that courage to say, you know what? I'm more than I thought I was. There's more to me. And, um, you know, we do that in business. We do it in relationships. We do it in overall life. So that's the gist of it. That's the gist of it. I love that. And the, the real bullet point that my eyes lit up for was the courage with the truth, because some people don't recognize that those two things go hand in hand. And here you are repping that 24 yeah. seven. I love it. It's so juicy. Yeah. It's the truth is scary. <laughs> it's, it's scary because there's so much to it and the possibilities of what we can have, who we can be, how quickly we can change our lives. And to realize that the stories that we've been telling ourselves are an illusion. Um, it's scary sometimes. Yeah. So one of the things I really loved about you that like totally, and first of all, for the record, I have never jumped on a Zoom call and I was like, let's just do this right live. Like, oh, I'm so nice. sorry that I yeah. wasn't like, hey, let's, you know, pause and like talk before we do this recording. Oh, yeah, so no, it's okay. just I'm jump, it. <laughs> jumping into it. Um, yeah. So one of the things that really caught my attention when I started following you online was that you were really open about your truth. And when you started sharing these glimpses of these small pieces, I remember there was a post you had of a, a house. It's a picture mm -hmm. of a house that you used to live in. And that just like lit up my heart because it was so real and raw about what you've been through. So this book that you're writing, can you tell us a little yeah. bit about it and like what's coming out and the details of the stories that you're sure. going to unleash as much as you yeah, can at least. So. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be crazy. The, the book is my life, but I, I like to tell people that my life is like, has been like a series of lifetime movies, like a very dramatic <laughs> crime and violence, and craziness. Like sometimes I, when I was writing the book, I was like, I can't believe I've lived through all that. Um, because the truth was, I was numbing myself through a lot of it with drugs and alcohol, um, prescription drugs and things like that. So that's that. When I bought that house, yeah, I was 25. I'm 35 now. I bought that house and I was in an abusive relationship. We bought them. We bought this house that was nearly a million dollars with illegal money doing illegal things. And obviously I lost the house and there was a lot more that was lost and that's what the book is about. But I found my way through all of the pain to somehow doing what I do now, but it was never in my plan. It was just something that I was, that I awakened to and I had a message and it's just been coming. So yeah, it's been a dramatic, a dramatic shift in my life. And that's why I use the word shift a lot because it's really what it felt like. Yeah. It's almost, I get the impression um, just by some of the language you used and the stories that you tell on your Facebook page, it's kind of like, it feels like a different human. Like when you yeah. think back to the person you once were, it's like total disconnect, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, it's good that I can connect with it because I have a lot of compassion for people that are suffering. Uh, but one thing I know is that we never know what is lying within someone. Mm -hmm. I would have never known when I was back, you know, committing these crimes. Um, I was abused. I had no boundaries and no voice. 
and I never knew all the potential that was lying dormant within me. So how did you find that? Like, what was your journey to awakening before you started becoming this expert in the process of awakening people? How did yeah. you have yours? Well, it was a, it was a series, like number one, I was a single mom and I got left my daughter's father's in jail. And there was a lot of things that happened to where it was to the point of like, if I don't make a change, then I'm either going to die or go to jail and my daughter's going to have no one. And I just couldn't deal with that. Um, she was very little at the time. And I grew up in a situation where I was emotionally abandoned by my family. There's a lot of addiction, things like that. So I just had that, I was at that fork in the road where it was like, you have to choose. And when I made the choice, it was never anything spiritual. It was more like, get your act together, get sober. And what it turned into was me, you know, bartending and doing all these things. I was bartending, then I went into finance. Um, and then eventually I was in so much pain because my trauma caught up with me that I was forced into spirituality by like seeking meditation to heal myself naturally. So when I found that, I then found my teacher who Michael Beckwith, um, and I just loved his message. He has an interesting background and the way that they taught spirituality was never like anything I really was familiar with. So I don't know, the more free I became, and the more I realized what I was capable of, I threw a bunch of fundraisers. I raised like $31,000 for children. I mean, I never knew I was capable of these things. I was like a no one that was ever doing anything positive. Yeah. <laughs> so after I just kept challenging myself and then, I don't know, it just all came, but I actually did have a direct message from Spirit at a, at a silent retreat that I was at that said, if you share your story and help women, everything will be taken care of. And at the time I lied about my past. I just, I just omitted it. It was like never to be talked about. And then eventually I realized that there's women suffering, whether it's domestic violence or addiction or whatever it is, and that it is my duty to share that. Mm. So that's what I've been doing ever since. <laughs> so It's so beautiful. And like in that short amount of time, you brought up so much in my brain that I want to ask you like a million questions on. So like I think, long run on no, 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 it's beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful because I think you're, you're really speaking to so many issues that I think so many women out there struggle with. And the first thing that came to me was like the idea of stuffing down that trauma. So it mm. seems to me like when you were ready to move on from everything you went through, you just wanted to forget about it, right? And you just wanted to yeah. move forward. I could totally relate to it because I was the same yeah. way. So how did, like, people out there need to acknowledge, like, what happens to your body and your life when you start to stuff that stuff down? Oh, God. Well, I was stuffing it for so long that, like, I didn't even realize... I was stuffing it because I stuffed it my entire childhood and I had anxiety ever since I was little and can remember. I mean, I remember my dad was addicted to heroin and so I would wake up in the middle of the night and he would be doing what he's doing and I would have this fear that I was going to lose my parents. So I would wake up in the middle of the night with a stomach ache. I felt like I was going to throw up. I felt like I just had incredible fear mm -hmm. and I never knew what that was as a child. But then as I got older, as soon as I was 15, I was like, oh, I can do something and kind of get rid of this. I can feel different. I can have a state change. And then I became addicted to anything that was a state change to find that freedom. And what happened is, you know, I was sober when I had my daughter and that woke me up to some things. And then right after I had her, I went back into numbing because I was in an abusive relationship. But after um, what happened at my house and after I was forced to get sober, when I was like, I literally was like, I'm going to forget about this. I'm going to pretend it never happened, all of it. And I'm just going to be my, I, I used to go by Nikki and I'm like, I'm just going to be Nicole. And no one needs to never know about any of this. <laughs> oh my God. That is so weird because I did the same fucking thing. When I started yeah. moving forward, I was like, 
Um, I used to be Lauren Shafi. Like now, nope, not Leslie. I'm Lauren Liz. Like that's who yeah. I, I shed it it's, all. It's good. Like mm-hmm. I'm lucky because I had a Nikki and my real name's Nicole. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, I would be totally down for a legit name change if that's the case, because we do carry energy with our names and our identities. Yeah. And so it was supportive in that. But what happened is as I was going about my path and I moved from Las Vegas to LA and I did restart my life, what happened is I was having incredible anxiety attacks and they became very debilitating to the point where like I had a panic attack on the freeway. I thought I was going to die. I developed agoraphobia, which I couldn't even cross the street because it was like open space. So, I mean, I was just like, I'm going to be insane and like mental health problems for life. I was given these medications and I was just like, I'm, I don't want to be like this forever. And that's when I went to meditation. And I mean, it's been a long journey. I didn't go meditate once. And all of a sudden I was like, I'm <laughs> right. Yeah. But what I learned is I know how to, I know words, thoughts, people we spend time with, everything affects our biochemistry. Mm-hmm. And I really just had to dig in and face all of those things that I was stuffing for my whole lifetime. Well, it's kind of like what Tony Robbins talks about when he says like the three big game changers for creating massive action. It's always like your strategy, your state and your story. And so I I get the sense that you always had this longing to change your state. You were just always doing it the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're like, shit, I could do it this beautiful way. I could change lives. Like that's amazing. Totally. So so awesome. So I think, I think that, you know, what I can relate to is, um, what happened for me, I think, along my journey when I started like stuffing things down and pretending things didn't happen for my past. If you guys out there who are listening to this podcast have listened to any of my stories, like, you know, like, I mean, it's hard trying to put on that mask and pretending to be something just to fit into society, right? And yeah. It almost like makes you kind of feel sick. So at what point did you feel ready to start sharing your story and opening up and getting real about what you had been through? Oh God, I, um, you know, for me, it was like a deep, deep shames because I felt broken. Um, I felt like damaged goods because I was in a series of abusive relationships. Like literally I was kidnapped. I was raped. I mean, it was just ongoing craziness that has happened. And I just felt like now I was alone as a single mom. And with all my backstory, it was just like, my only idea was I just wanted to survive. (laughs) And what happened is as I was, as I realized I was suffering, like I would wake up at night and I would have these like visions from things that happened in the past. And it was so scary. And I had no one to really talk about it with. I had like a few, a handful of like three friends from the past that knew, but all these new people in my life knew nothing about me. So slowly I would like leak it to them when I felt like they were ready, were ready, but sometimes I would see their faces and it was like, Oh, too much information. Yes. Yeah. But like nowadays, you know, it's like just I've owned it so much that I come out and share it. And it's like people who are awake understand that like it's just life. You know, we all go through stuff. And I literally now at this point, these were all things that shaped me and made me into the vehicle to do this level of work with women because the work I do is really deep. And if I wasn't in the depths of that kind of pain, I would never even have touched that um, that end of the emotional spectrum. So it just is what it is. But um, I mean, the pain brought it out. I had no choice. And the message that I got that said help women. Um, also, when I started my business, there was a time that came where I was like watching people online. And I was like, I know that I go deeper than that person. I know that I could help that person that needs this. 
but like, how would they know? Because I wasn't sharing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I sat down in a meditation one day and it told me like, basically take, make a video and let it out. And that's the video that's on my website that shares, you know, that there was a woman that was murdered at my home. And when I went to my home and I saw that and I realized that like, that was supposed to be me. So if I like, well, hold up, I, go back. Can we, can we yeah. explain this? Cause I do not know all of these details. Oh, yeah. What can we share to our audience before? And when does the yeah, book come I mean, out by can, the way? Yeah, no, we can share that. That's on my website. So on my website, I've, I've always had that video and it's just a kind of a, a coming out video that I made in October, like two years ago, because October is domestic violence month. And I made that video as a, just so people know, so I don't have to share it with everyone. It's like, they go to my website, they know what I'm about. Yeah. So let's, right? for, for our audience, let's put that in the um, show notes. So everybody has access to it. So let's plug your website at the bottom. So for everyone listening, link to Nicole Sylvester's website is okay, in the cool. comments. Yeah. So that, so basically my daughter's father, he murdered a woman in, in my home. And it was after I left him, like I just escaped him. I literally escaped him and that happened. And that was such a wake up call to me because I was like, okay, this is how many abusive relationships. My mom was in abusive relationships. My grandmother was in abusive relationships. My sister's in abusive relationships. And I'm like, there's this pattern of addiction and abuse. And what is this? And, you know, to get to that point, I, there was so much that happened. So then when I was on in the online world, I could see people's pain. I could see that they were hiding. I could see all these things because I recognized it because I knew it. So then I was like, I have to come out and share this. So I shared the video. And then after that, like nowadays people go to my website and they're like, I relate to you because of this. So if I would have never shared it, who knows my business wouldn't be where it is. And I would still be hiding and I wouldn't be living and feeling this free as so I am. So what would you say to the woman? I think, um, you know, just what comes up for me when I remember what I had gone through and, and what you're saying right now, it's kind of like some people who have been through that series of just the same over and over again, right? The same trauma over and over again, just with different men, right? What would you say to the woman who almost kind of bears that as her identity? Like that's who she is. It's the same people do this with finances, right? Like yeah, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, right? Or like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And you engrave it. So how do you break that cycle? for everybody listening out there who's struggling, breaking that cycle of negativity? First, you just have to get really honest. You can't rationalize anything anymore. I know when it was in abusive relationships, I was rationalizing that, you know, he loves me. And I know this happened with my parents and my dad stopped when he got sober, right? So like we have these rationalizations that like not everyone is going to get killed or not everyone is going to get hurt. And, you know, he's just angry or maybe next time I won't act like that. Like you blame yourself. And when it comes to money, that was my most recent like thing that I got over last year was like a money breakthrough that I need to have. And I had to get really honest in all these situations, honesty. And like, it may feel brutal because the truth hurts sometimes. But so, what was, so what was the truth when you went through yours? Like, what was the truth oh, that you had to face? With, well, with the relationships, it was just the truth of like, I'm making these choices to hurt myself. I mean, it's with everything, right? Yeah. It's just like, this is me. I'm making these choices to hurt myself. And really learning, like, is that what you really feel like you deserve? Do you feel like you deserve that to be heard? If we switch it to the finances, the same thing. Do I really feel like I deserve to be broke? Do I want to be in the struggle? And it's like having those conversations between you, spirit, and just getting clear, like, that you're the only person hurting yourself. Yeah. So on this topic of money, because it's so interesting, I love how real and raw you are about inspiring people to, like, 
go take that massive action and kind of be like, you know what, create the life that you want. Stop waiting, right? But people use the energy of money as this reason to not do something, right? Mm, like I can't invest in that? Yeah, like I'm stuck, I'm yeah. stuck, I'm stuck. So, so where does your brain go on that? I mean, it's a different consciousness level, right? So the women that I work with now, nowadays one-on-one, I tell them they're not like that, right? But there's a whole other like layer of people that are. Yes. <laughs> and I made, that's why I made my last workshop. So I was like, I have to make this because I'm just, I feel for the people that are suffering and they're victims to money. And I know it because I was a victim to money. I was a victim in relationships. And then I went to like victim to drugs and alcohol. And then I was a victim to money. And it's whenever we're putting the power outside of us. So people tell me, I get messages all the time. I'm saving up to work with you. Or I'm going to manifest it. And I, I know that like four times out of five, they're not doing it. And <laughs> it's because they still think that they don't have the power to create it. Yeah. Or that they can't tap in and be resourceful and say, I'm going to open up to this coming to me a way that's unexpectedly and really mean it. So there's some, I, I love the money topic because it was one of my biggest pain points. And then when I broke free, I was just like, it was here all along. It was here all along. It was an internal thing. No, I could totally relate. I feel like money in the most recent leg of my life has been like really this old boyfriend that I'm trying to develop a healthy relationship with for the first yeah. time. And it was like totally abusive for years and years and you don't know how to treat it. It's yeah. strange. Money is a really tricky thing because we use it as, I think a lot of the times people use it as an excuse to hide behind the fear of the unknown, right? Like, yeah. Like, I, I don't know about you, but like Tony Robbins, first time I went, I know you've been, but like the first time I went, I didn't have the money for that shit. And I just like laid it out on a credit card and I was like, me either. I think a lot of people do that. And you know, I think that there's even a funny thing around debt and getting into debt. I, I tell people this all the time because I think that we should always have financing for our programs. And the reason why I believe it and I promote that is because people get in debt with depreciating assets. They put shoes on a card, bags on a card cars on finance everything that's depreciating mm -hmm. everything i've invested in myself i've had returns on yeah. whether it's relationships whether it's a shift in my own perception and i'm like oh my god this i can do this this has been here all along one little shift is worth all that money that you've invested and it's all in your mind yeah and it's and it's all in our mind but it's because we've agreed to these certain conditions and i still see women do it in their business they're like I can't make six figures for three years. And I'm like, well, then you won't. <laughs> That's what you're agreeing to, you know? So yeah. it's all in our mind. It's so, it's so funny yet. It's so liberating because we can change it at any time. So beautiful. So just going back to the topic of getting open and getting real and like getting honest mm -hmm. with yourself, right? So when you started doing that in a public setting, of being open. I know you said when you were doing this with a couple of people, yeah. you're like leaking out who you were and you got these weird faces. But when you took ownership for the first time and just started letting it unleash, um, did you ever face that backlash from people? And what was that like? And how did you deal with that? I honestly, I, I haven't. The, my, the backlash was my, on my, on my yeah. own. Because when I even made that video, I mean, I was scared. I drink wine while I was making it. Like I, <laughs> I remember it was like, I wasn't living in LA at the time. And actually I went to Maui and it was like on my way home. I stopped in LA for one day because I have all these creative friends here and they made the video with me and it was so scary to share it. And I didn't even like being on camera at the time. And I like got through it and then I went home and had like a vulnerability hangover where I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I, and it wasn't even out yet, but yeah. I was like, I can't believe that I even 
And then when I let it out, there was so many people that were just like, oh my God, I can't believe you went through that. And like, they supported me and it was just interesting. So ever since there's still layers to it because then I didn't share, you know, that I was dealing drugs and doing all these things. So then it was like, okay, I let that out. So let me let a little bit more out. (laughs) Like all of it. So as I've been writing the book, it's been, I've had moments of like, do I really put that in there? And then I'm like, okay, I'm putting it in there. So then I just, I I work through what's coming up. So what has that process been for you? Because for me, like I've tried to write a book on my life so many times and every time I choke and I stuff it away in a file and I never look at it ever again. And it's the same, I can't. How have you been able to deal with that? Um, You know, that book was like crawling out of me to where it was, annoying the hell out of me. I thought if I go to one more event and watch one more person speak and like share their freaking book and I don't get this book out, like I am going to punch myself. Like I I love that. Going crazy with it. And it literally got to a point of like, I, I started writing it actually last June and then I gave up on it for a little bit. And then around fall, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I, I have to write it. And because I just know that it's going to be such a game changer. Not only that, I'm sure you have this. We have these books that we've read or stories we've heard from someone and we cling to them and they give us hope. Yes. Right. So like for me, Iyanla Vanzant was one of them. I was like 17, about to have an abortion. My life sucked. I thought my life was over and I heard her on Oprah and it literally, I've chilled to my legs when I'm talking about this. I clung to her little transformational story forever. So her story was like that for me. And I know that my story is going to be like that for someone else. So I really can't afford to get like to wait to get it out. I love that you take that approach though, that it's not about you. It's about the message and how it's going to help somebody. And that is, I think, really so powerful for anybody that has a creative dream or has an inspiration or a longing to do something, right? It's never about you. It's about the people that you're going to help and the difference you're going to make in their lives. Absolutely. I tell my clients, like, give your life over to your work. If this is what you really want to do, give your life over to it. You will get a new life. The new life will be better. You'll have more money. You'll be more abundant. (laughs) You'll love everything about it because in our natural flow, life is good. Yeah. It's in the resistance, right? So if there's a book that's coming out of anyone, I would say just sit down. It seems overwhelming, but just start, like, just start writing. And also I'm a big I'm big on hiring help. So like I had a book coach, it didn't end the best, but she, because I paid her so much money, I was like, I'm not, not writing this book. <laughs> like I'm going to, I'm going to get this book out and I got it out. So now we're just tweaking it. I hired another editor, but it's like the hardest part's over. So that's amazing. I love that you can look at that. Oh my God. Such eye opening. Oh, that's so juicy because the truth is when you invest in something and even if it doesn't work out, it's still taking you to that next level, right? It's still taking you to where you want to go and you're grateful for that experience. Totally. It serves a purpose and it, it did what it needed to do. And now it's just like, okay, to the next, to the next stage of that evolution. Right. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a labor of love, a hard labor, <laughs> but, hard labor. but I love it too. <laughs> I love that. I love this so much. So um, so let's talk for a little bit about, cause I know you work mainly now with people who are trying to come into alignment with their own businesses, right? So this is women who are really taking, or you're doing, you're doing a little bit of both, right? So let's talk a little bit about what you do do now. Cause your business obviously has grown and evolved. So everything that I do is around 
awakening to truth, right? Universal laws, the fact that everything's connected, the fact that there's an invisible part of us that's working for us all the time and that we only have to align with it. So it's really getting into that. But what I realized is that I was attracting in all of my groups, a bunch of spiritual entrepreneurs. So, and in my groups, which is like, we're doing other things. It's really about reclaiming your power and applying it to all areas of life. When they got in there, they had all these questions about how do I grow my business? And I have the information. So I said, you know, I'm going to create this mentorship program. So I have a one-on-one mentorship program and um, that's like a three month thing. And I'm nurturing that. That's like my closest clients. I have a few clients on one-on-one that are going through healing stuff. Um, It's very high level that, but I I love my groups. So I have like my mid-range groups where women come in and it's like really awesome community, but it's all about awakening. So I have, I have a process I developed while I was going through all of these things. So I lead them into like really feeling safe in their body, really connecting to their power and being, being aligned with that highest self and that highest level of co-creation. So that's what it's about. So what would you say to somebody who has no experience with the universal laws and no experience manifesting what they want? What would be like your, your top easy, not that there's ever a quick fix, right? But something that these people can do to start making energetic shifts, right? Because you're all about, oh, shift. Like, what can we do? Number one, you have to focus on honoring you and feeling good. Everything Mm -hmm. has to feel good. You know, I had a client today, we were talking, she just quit her job. She um, is now going full force with her business and she had a contraction. And I said, that's because you're not supposed to be working 40 hours a week. Half of your job is to feel good. It's to go to Soul Cycle. It's to go and get a massage. It's to go to the beach. It's to go and have coffee at that beautiful place you love to have coffee at. Because we're the vehicle. And whether it's a business or just you living your life or you're a mom or you aspire to be any of these things, at the, the absolute paramount is us feeling good. See, so many people, so many people would go to you and be like, no, that's selfish. Okay. And I say selfishness is great because if you're selfish with the intent to make yourself feel good, to have an impact, that's the people I'm working with, right? Amazing. So I feel like every single day, each of us can have a shift in someone else's life. I can walk outside right now and I can just like look at someone's eyes, connect with them and smile, which a lot of people don't do or listen to someone, like actually listen without thinking about what am I going to say back to you? Little simple things. We create this touch. We don't realize that this has a ripple effect. We make impact whether we're trying to or not. So allow it to be a good one, but first we have to feel good. Cool. If there's crap relationships, get rid of them. Don't do anything out of obligation. Don't go to places that don't make you feel good. That's like the number ones. And what if on that one, you know, uh, don't surround yourself with people who don't make you feel good, right? Like, what if your family doesn't make you feel good? Like, what I the fuck do you do? Okay, yeah, mine too. We so. have them on the way. <laughs> but it's like, there's different levels because here's the thing, what I believe, I believe in, like, I believe in the idea of quantum mothering and that we are all here of one, of we're all here on this planet, right? So like biological family, we make it to be that important, right? If your family is abusive to you, I don't go by that idea of blood is thicker than water. Just like people say money is the root of all evil. All of these little stories we tell ourselves and we judge ourselves and we set ourselves up to be abused. So it's up to you, whatever feels good to you. Our truth is highly personal. My truth is not going to be your truth because we're different. But I say that at the end of the day, we are our very best selves when we feel good, genuinely feel good. 
Love that. And what about the big scary leaps? Like if you know something is going to make you feel so super good, right? Like I'm sure you kind of experience this when you're stepping into your business. Yeah. Um, Cause I think every entrepreneur does me. I was like shit and bricks. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm so scared. But the sh- what happens when you're ready to take those big leaps to start feeling good and start being the person that you want to be? How do you overcome that fear? What did you do? So you have to get obsessive. Like I am, I'm, that's the good thing is I've always had kind of like an addictive personality or I'm obsessive, right? So I just use it for the good now, but we can all be obsessive in a good way. And the people that will tell you, don't be obsessive. Look at them. They're probably not doing much with their lives. It's probably very like mediocre. And the thing is, it's not about judging someone as mediocre. It's saying that like, we're all here. We can do incredible things. Why would we not? Right. So to take those big leaps you just have to know if you get become obsessive with the way that you look at yourself and understanding your worthiness and obsessing over the fact that there's universal laws that are so precise, the law of vibration, look it up. Everything's vibrating. I'm not making this up. This is not fantasy. This is science. I'm not arguing with science. I'm getting in line with it. <laughs> like, so <laughs> That's what it's about. But I would say just get obsessive. It was scary. I'm a single mom. When I say single, I have no child support. I have, my family is really far away. But when I decided that I can't hold back on this, that I'm in my way and I refuse to be in my way, I surrendered and I just like became obsessive with the universal laws and um, it worked. It Ooh. worked. Did I want to go cry on the floor? Yes, I did. I, there was crying, but then I'm like, dig deeper, get up, let's go. Like, you're the only reason that you don't have what you want. <laughs> and that's really what gets me by. Yeah, I think there's a common misconception too, I think among a lot of people of of what surrendering really means because I think some people say, oh, surrender? Okay, I'll just chill out over here. Come bring it to my house. Like, go ahead, clients. Like, we'll see them come or, you know, I think it's so, so not that, right? No, it's not. It's, It's an action. There's an action piece to it. Surrendering to me is, like I said, giving my life up to it right? I'm not telling you to give your life up to something or to anyone to give their life up to something they don't want. But if there's something that you're actually, I see women all the time and they're online and they're like, this is what I really want to do. And they're miserable at their job or they're just dying at home because they're like stay at home mom. And they're just something else that's like itching to come out of them. Mm. Just surrender to whatever's coming out. What if you just didn't judge or hold back or, or hesitate and you just were like, use me. Show me what's emerging. Like, I'm willing to do what it takes. Come what may. My fear, judgment, whatever. That, to me, is surrendering. So it's active. Yeah, it's totally active. I think, you know, when I was going on my journey and I I had this moment of, like, I'm going to surrender because I don't know if I'm going to – I'm going to walk away from my job and I'm going to pursue this passion and I'm going to create the life I really want. And I don't know what that looks like, but I know it's not this, right? Right. And so I took this step and I took this leap and I think – often people kind of sit there and they're like, well, I don't know what's on the other side. So I'm not going to leap until the universe shows me and I'll see in a little bit. And then nothing ever happens. Right. Yeah. Never go. That is surrendering. I mean, that's surrendering because there's that knowing that you're being nudged, like evolutionary nudges. You feel something pushing you. It happens in relationships. It happens with friendships. Like you'll feel friendships dissolving. Surrender. What's life, where's life leading you? And just, there's a beautiful book, The Surrender Experiment. I always recommend that to people. And um, it's by Michael Singer, but he, he describes surrendering very beautifully, but it's really obeying that higher voice. 
Yeah. And I think the whole, what you talk about is like learning how to feel good and really recognizing like you have to pay attention to what feels good for you. A big part of that is trusting your intuition and learning how to really speak that language, right? Of like what this is saying. Right. It's incredible. Listening, right? We have to learn to listen to ourselves. Yeah. So everybody listening to this podcast, this is Nicole Sylvester. And you can go check her out in the show notes, comments below. If you guys have any questions at all, reach out to her. She's awesome, kick-ass, and amazing. And we're going to put your Facebook. Can I put your Facebook page in there too? Yeah, totally. Yeah, her Facebook page is kicking. Oh, my God. Thank all right. You. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. We loved it. The Imperfection Me podcast is recorded by Lauren Liz of whatisperfection.com. For more tips, tricks, tools, and resources – and a little bit more TMI, check out the website, whatisperfection.com slash join.